This is Kim Balorchi, and you're listening to Boldly Stated. It's been three weeks since I got off of Facebook, and I'm still having a hard time wrapping my brain around what has happened in the time since I made that decision. And I'm going to get to that. But before I do, I want to tell you why it was so difficult for me to quit. And then also what finally pushed me over the edge. Now, I have to start by telling you a little bit of truth. As a communication professor, I'm often talking to my students about the peril of social media. I tell my kids it's designed to keep you feeling like your life is lacking. That's how they hold our attention. That's how they keep us scrolling. That's how they sell. That's how they make their money, right? So we know the premise of social media is essentially to make us feel like we're not enough. And it can be very damaging to mental health. It can be very damaging to self-esteem. There's a lot that is wrong with the concept and how it impacts people. And I know all of this, right? So I was one of those people who said, I know social media can be really, really bad, but I use it in a pretty healthy way. I use it for my business. Whenever I'm having an event, I use it to let people know about it. Um, I use it to stay connected with people who maybe I don't otherwise connect with. And most importantly, I use it to demonstrate the value of a civil conversation. So these are sort of the three things that in my mind made Facebook a valuable platform. And I refer to social media um, sort of generally, but today I'm really talking about Facebook because I think that Facebook of all of them has the potential to be the most negative and the most toxic. So I was going along thinking that I had a pretty healthy relationship with it. You know, I didn't use it a whole lot. I didn't spend a lot of time. And so it always felt like I would lose something if I got off the platform, right? That I wouldn't connect with my customers, that I wouldn't have the connection with people that I wouldn't otherwise see. And I really did believe that there was um, some value in being able to to try to continue to demonstrate how to have civil conversations. Well, it was this last piece, right? Um, when I was attempting to demonstrate how to have a civil conversation that I realized this is rarely possible. And it's actually the thing that put me over the edge and made me decide, I just, I, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not a good place for my energy. And I'm going to tell you briefly what happened, just so you understand kind of what the tipping point for me was. So it's become pretty apparent that my views on a lot of things are really different than a lot of people that I went to high school with, which is totally fine. I believe we should be able to disagree and still have civil conversations about our disagreements. This is how I've always tried to live, and it's what I teach my students. So at the end of January, um, books were being banned, and actually books were being banned in Wentzville, Missouri, so it was hitting close to home. And as a a teacher and someone who deeply values education um, and diversity education, I was extraordinarily upset. And I'll just say, like, I can't with this whole let's ban books and let's not teach history and let's edit information that we're sharing. Like, what are people so afraid of? You know, the only way to make sure that we don't repeat history is to learn about it and learn from it. Teaching about things that happened and gaining a better understanding of people's experiences, of of identity, of what is happening, of what we've done wrong in the past is a way to make sure that we don't repeat it. And so this idea that we need to be 
keeping information out of schools or out of libraries or out of people's hands completely blows my mind. Um, and, and I don't get it at all. It's very, very, very upsetting. So I posted this post. It said, hey, teenagers, pay close attention to the books people try to ban. Then make a beeline to read these books if you can. Find out for yourself why those people want that book banned. Find out for yourself if they can be trusted to know what's best for you. Now, this is not my quote. It's it's a requote that I, I put up there. And someone that I went to high school with responded with this. Especially in today's cancel culture, go find everything that Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube have banned. Your best hint that it's something you should read is when it's labeled misinformation. What the actual fuck? No, that is not the best hint that it's something you should read, okay? We're talking about two completely different things. I'm talking about award-winning books that have been banned to keep people from learning about verifiable history. And this person decides to throw in a massively charged word, such as cancel culture, and then talk about social media misinformation as a response to my post. So I look at this and I think to myself, okay, this is not the same thing, not even close to the same thing. And I respond very thoughtfully because I'm still thinking that I want to have a civil conversation about this. And I point out the difference between talking about banning books and spreading misinformation on social media. He did not like my response. He came back and asked me, where do I stand on the Constitution of the United States? Do I even do I even like the Constitution of the United States? Okay. So let me just pause for a second and say, you know, we're two posts in and we're not even on the same planet when it comes to what this conversation is about, okay? I have framed it about banning books and now this other person wants to frame it about everything but. And so in the asynchronous format that is social media and is Facebook, we're not talking about the same thing. We're not having the same conversation. We don't have a meeting of the minds about what we're, what we're discussing, And then it gets worse because now it's not just he and I in the conversation. Someone else joins in to try to explain to him that he is making a faulty comparison. His response gets really ugly. He writes, and I quote, if you are a socialist, why do you even live in America? Followed immediately by another post saying, I bet you're one of those teachers who makes kids wear masks in school, even though it's illegal. Now, I see this, and I am really upset. This is rude and abusive and off-topic, and it's on my wall. So whether I should or I shouldn't, I feel responsible for what's happening. So at this point, I delete those posts because they're mean and they're offensive, and they're so far off-topic that there's no way to bring it back. And he takes great offense and posts something about being so insecure that hearing a different view makes you rush to ban them. Now, I just need to say, this happens so frequently on Facebook. I've tried to have civil conversations with people before and they've you know, asked me if I'm crazy, if I'm being duped, how can I not see? And while I can certainly appreciate passion and people feeling very, very strongly about their position, A conversation requires that we listen, that we listen 
to what somebody else has to say and that we actually ask some questions with the intention of understanding. What I have found time and time again is that people aren't listening and they're not interested in hearing or in understanding a different perspective. They're simply interested in restating their own as loudly and with as much force in in whatever space they can find to do it. And while that's not my way of communicating, it seems to be the way that things are happening, particularly on Facebook. So when this particular incident happened, I spent an entire day with my stomach in knots trying to figure out if there's something I could do differently or do better to have resolved the situation. I asked this person to stop posting because they continued. Um, I think there were four unanswered posts when I, I kept saying, please stop posting. Please stop talking. Please stop. This is disrespectful. It's off topic. We need to stop. Um, to which he just kept going. And so Eventually, I blocked this person, which felt really bad, and I realized that I had spent an entire day putting energy towards something that accomplished nothing. Now, going back to the fact that I felt like I had a healthy relationship with social media, you might be thinking, well, you did that to yourself, Kim. You you felt like you had to have this conversation. You should have bailed a lot sooner. But if my purpose for being on Facebook is to try to demonstrate what a civil conversation looks like, and I'm unable to do that repeatedly because we can't agree on just basic rules of engagement, then I'm wasting my time. And so this did push me over the edge and you might think, well, you gave up and you know, you quit and shame on you. You should have hung in there. But honestly, I really felt depleted at the end of this, whatever it is. I'm not even going to call it a conversation because it wasn't. And so while I had this concern that, you know, my business might suffer and people might forget I exist <laughs> if I get off of Facebook, um, because let's face it, that's what we're really worried about, right? Is that if we're not in somebody's feed, we might cease to be relevant. I had just had enough. And so I quit the platform. The thing that is amazing, the thing that motivated me to do this podcast on this topic more than anything else is that what has happened since is nothing short of magical. You see, I didn't realize how much energy I was putting toward Facebook. I, I really thought I was barely using it at all, you know, save these kinds of conversations. Um, and maybe it took this very dramatic incident to make me get off the platform to realize that I was giving energy even when I wasn't on it. But the thing is, since I've been off of it, I have found myself with so much time and space to exist with this like really open heart that opportunity after opportunity is landing in my lap. Things I've dreamed of doing are happening with very little effort on my part. I'm meeting people, not through social media, but because I have time and space and positive energy, like tons of it, that I can just apply in other spaces. And I don't have that knee-jerk reaction to keep hitting the refresh button or to see who's doing what on Facebook that maybe makes me feel like I'm missing something or that I should be engaging with something or I need to address a comment that's sitting out there that's inaccurate, right? All of these things take time and energy. And for me, it was taking time and energy away from just being present for my own life. 
And so now I'm sitting here with the opportunity to do work that I love with literally the most amazing people in the most aligned manner I could have ever, ever dreamed of. And it fell into my lap in the weeks since I've been off of Facebook. And my nonprofit is moving forward in a way I've been working so hard for so long. And all of a sudden, people with, you know, the connections to make it happen are appearing. And more than anything, I just feel like the time I'm spending connecting in real life is so much better spent than through social media, where maybe I posted something that, you know, was slightly deeper than surface level, but maybe not. So for whatever it's worth, my life is exponentially better since getting off Facebook. And while it's a little soon to tell, evidence seems to point to the direction that my business, my life, everything is going to be just fine without those connections, um, that attachment to social media. And one more thing, please remember that it's not a conversation if somebody has to be right. Right now, it's the hardest time ever to have meaningful conversations with people who have different views, but it still can happen. You just have to agree on the ground rules. And ground rule number one is that you're in it to understand someone else's perspective and to walk away with information you didn't have before. If it's a monologue, it's not a conversation. This is Kim Balorchi, Facebook free. I wish you an amazing week and I'll see you next time.